0: Welcome everybody back to the Game Ball Podcast. I am your host, Mark, and uh, today we have a uh, full house, um, which is nice during the summer here. Um, Jen and Tom are both joining me. How are you guys doing? Good. Doing good.
1: Doing well. I'm an exhausted parent, but
0: it's Friday, and I'm happy about it. I'm glad you guys are all recovered from the most important date of uh, July, which was on (laughs) Thursday, July 6th, which is... uh, Which is your host's birthday? Yep. So um, it ho- was a ho- Hopefully everybody out there uh celebrated the uh day of my birth um responsibly. <laughs> so so I know I know I celebrated the weekend before responsibly by binge watching Ted Lasso. So nice. That was fun. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh before we go forward, um guys, um should we start? Because I think me and Tom are gonna to have the same game. I'm assuming we should start with Jen. What are you playing? What do you guys say?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say yes. Jen, go first.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So I've been playing a lot, and I mean a lot of Dead by Daylight. Nice. Um, yeah. So for some reason, I was possessed to try really hard to get to Iridescent One, which is the highest slash lowest grade that you can achieve uh, within the month before it resets.
0: Can I just say that these levels are starting to sound like Scientology <laughs> levels?
2: <laughs> I know it's weird. So they're technically called grades, but then the color is red, which they call iridescent. It's very it's very confusing oh. <laughs> for all someone need- on the outside, especially, I'm sure. All, all, all I need to
0: know is how much you have to do before you be- get clear. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm in deep now, guys. (laughs) So, Uh,
0: before
1: you go too far, I must ask: Yes. Have you played with a Nick Cage?
2: I have not. I have not played with a Nick Cage, but I have observed Nick Cage in the wild. I have have more to say about that, please.
0: The best way to observe Nick Cage.
2: Yes. Yes. From a safe distance at first. (laughs) Um,. See, so yeah, I've been spending this whole month playing Dead by Daylight quite frequently. Um, like I said, I had the idea to try to get to Iridescent 1, which is the highest grade you can get. And it has been an insane, sweaty struggle. I know Dan hates when I say sweaty to describe Dead by Daylight, but I can't help it. Um, but I finally made it last night. I'm officially Iridescent 1. It's the first time nice. I've ever tried that hard. And it's really, there's no reason for it, honestly. I just wanted to see if I could do it within the month. Um, and I think you get the most blood points if you hit Yuri one as well. So, um, I'll probably be getting, I forget if it's 2 million blood points or if it's like one and a half million, it's a lot. Um, so I'll be using that to potentially maybe level up some killers so I can get better at that. But it's been, it's been crazy. Um, aside from Dead by Daylight, I've been playing a little bit of Witchet, which is, um that uh like prop hunt hide and seek type game which is really cute and fun. Um I've been playing a lot of Ark. Uh friend of the podcast and stream mateen. He joined me in Ark. I want to say a couple weeks ago we made our own non-dedicated server, like an offline thing. Yeah. And uh, that's been really fun. We've just been mostly vanilla starting out um and we're now up to like level 100 and are starting to like breed dragons and stuff, so it's It's been good doing that in my free time. Um, and then playing Phasmo. I've been lo- trying to log in every week and do the weekly challenge. Um, this last weekly challenge got me so much experience points. I leveled up like 15 levels after completing it. So now I have a new motivation there to try to get as high of a level as I can before they reset everything. I just didn't realize how easy it was to level up in that game.
0: <laughs> For some
2: reason, it only took me, what, like three years to learn this? So yeah. Now I'm a uh, am kind of working at that, and then I started a new game that a bunch of people have been telling me to play. So I finally got it. It was on sale with the Steam Summer Sale, actually, and that is the Outlast Trials. Um, I don't know if you guys ever played. Well, I know Tom, I've, you have not played Outlast, but oh yeah, I, I, I have played Outlast,
0: game of all time.
2: <laughs> you have or have not, Mark?
0: I have, but it was like when it first came out. Yeah, like a while ago.
2: I played outlast I got through I want to say like a quarter of it 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 was not for me because I don't you guys know I don't like being chased and when I get into these really intense situations I like kind of panic and it just wasn't great for me and I didn't enjoy it but um the outlast trials came out and I wasn't gonna play it and I had a few people telling me like you might like this one it's a bit different it's it's better It it's multiplayer if you want it to be so that always sways me when it's a new horror game, if it's multiplayer, like I could at least have fun playing with other people, even if I don't love it. So I got it and I played my first solo match. It's really fun. It's it's like a psychological gory horror game um, where basically I can't tell if it's like a post apocalyptic type world or if this company is just preying on people who um, have really bad pasts and they're willing to erase it. Mm-hmm. And they basically sold, sell themselves for the promise of a clean slate once they're done completing these trials they have to be under observation and of course the trials are like really intense and terrible and involve all kinds of crazy things um so it's an interesting concept and it takes a very long time if you're playing by yourself especially as a new player it took me forever um there's a lot of stealth involved or oh. there's not if you don't want there to be but definitely there should be stealth because it's <laughs> you remember when i played alien isolation yes and the ai was just so smart in that game that it always knew where i was and you had to oh. stealth everywhere it it's kind of like that only less smart thankfully so if you make noise they're going to know where you are but if you're quiet they have no idea where you are essentially um so it's it's cool there's a lot of um night vision goggle usage involved because there's a lot of pitch black areas and those are the safest areas to be because you could literally stand in the middle of the room and an enemy won't see you most of the time if you're quiet. So heavy on the stealth, but it's not in like a boring way. Um, so I think I'm going to be playing that on stream soon with some friends because it definitely needs to go by faster than like an <laughs> hour and a half. <laughs> but it's been cool. I've been enjoying it. And it's, it's interesting. You get to customize your own, um, they call them cells. You like It's basically like a jail cell but they let you out and you walk around and can interact with other people who are in there too, but you get to customize your jail cell. So you get like <laughs> a special bed and you get to put stuffed animals or like weird, creepy things in your room. It's pretty funny. So, you know, I am with customization, yeah. but uh,
1: yep.
2: yeah. So that's, that's the newest thing that I've been playing aside from dead by daily, pretty much.
0: Nice.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh,
0: well, I'll go next. Cause um, I have, one small thing and then the big thing that we've been playing. Um, So uh, speaking of the Ted Lasso I was talking about, um, I picked up uh, FIFA 23 again um, uh, just because they had the AFC Richmond team in there from the game. Um, So now that I understand who everybody is, it was a lot funnier um, looking at that. And I I think the thing I won't bore you with soccer stuff, but, the the fun part was that you're you're able if you play a career and you play as Ted Lasso because you play a, a real life coach career, um, mm-hmm. you can get the team and put it in the Premier League and they've they've scaled them up enough um, that they can compete in the Premier League. Um, like it's not you know because they're you know actors or whatever they sort of how they portray them in the show is how they're in the game. You know like guys that are big time players or pretty high rated and stuff like that. Um, so it was pretty cool. And all the likenesses are there um, because first thing I did was just to see how good it was. I went in and like negotiated contracts with each of the big stars um, with Jamie Tart and we Kent um, just to see how they rendered them. And Ted's pretty good rendering. Um, so it was, it, it was, it, it felt a lot more like I understood it now. So um, that's the main reason I picked that back up um, because with my, EA Play subscription through Origin, I will get 24 as soon as it comes out for free. Um, so, uh, hopefully, they have AFC Richmond in there again. Uh, but the thing I've been playing most of, and those of you that watch our streams, um, or just Vince, um, has noticed that I've been playing Final Fantasy 16. Um, I, I'll i say the um I believe I'm probably further than Tom, so I won't get too much into story stuff. I, um, I don't know mark I've been playing quite a lot okay um, oh, boy. <laughs> I w- I'll wait until I see how much you reveal that <laughs> you know before okay. um so uh, first off I I kind of really love the combat um the it, it's the perfect it seems like to me the evolution or or maybe the next step from you know not a full evolution but maybe like a, a nice baby step. Um, up from where fifteen led in the seven remake, and then now it's this. Um, they they lean a lot more closer into that um, action side, which you know gets a comparison that it's like it's very much Devil May Cry. Um, the big difference is is that um, I feel just from my experience of playing Devil May Cry and I'm playing this game is that this game the using all of your abilities and stuff feels a lot more, um, like it flows a lot better, your combos and stuff, switching back and forth between the different elements and all the different, um, sort of powers that they all have. Like they have one that sort of pulls them in and another one that, um, you know, then you can use your dog, hit them in the air. And then it's this whole thing where just just bashing a bunch of buttons together. feels good. Um, in there and 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 it never feels like i'm just hitting one button to win um i mean you can very much do that in this game but um i think that's where it differs from devil may cry where you kind of get focused down into you know certain skills um with dmc um here it's encouraging you to to do everything because it all it all has its own purpose um rather than things being multi-purpose um I love the story so far because, as much as people just want to say, "Oh, it's you know Game of Thrones ripoff and all," then things happen that just make it Final Fantasy as Final Fantasy, and I love it. Um, they did obviously it's rated M, so you know the the violence is a little more. They lean into a little more adult themes. They do a really good, as I like to call it, Austin Powersy scene between um, two characters when they're in bed, um, so they don't so they don't reveal anything um and you know while still keeping it like so that the teenagers like Ooh, you know while, while watching it um but yeah so far i'm about probably a little over 10 or a little bit more into it um i'm playing on story mode easy because i'm streaming it um just for the sheer fact that hey i don't know how bad the lag is i don't think it's that much um uh playing it on stream and um, I'd rather be able to talk to you guys than be like, need to go in full concentration mode for a fight. Um, I'm playing on frame rate mode. Tom will be happy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I am really, really enjoying this, and it's definitely a great game to... Like, I had bought this and the um, uh, Horizon DLC, thinking that if I got bored of one, I could go to the other. Um, but I have not even touched Horizon. That's how much I'm really enjoying this game. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, and I am curious to hear uh, what Tom has to say. Tom? So, real
1: quick, before I get in too far into it, I played a little bit of Diablo 4, still way early on in that, but uh, I have been playing this more than anything else. And I was afraid of this game because I was afraid of the action element. Um, but I'm going to disagree a little bit with you, with you, Mark. So, to me... This battle system seems like the evolution of Final Fantasy 13. It's what I feel like it's what they were going for with 13, but they didn't have the ability to make to make the combat look interesting and they didn't want to stray away from "quote unquote turn-based yet." Yeah. Because I think the whole point of 13 was to make to make it look like an action sequence as opposed to be being a turn-based rpg atb rpg whatever yeah just standing there and hitting each other and taking turns
0: sort of like a real-time thing rather than like a dungeons and dragons right because
1: in final fantasy 13 all of the people are doing their own thing they're automatically doing their own attacks you just set up how they how they are able to do those attacks whether they're ravager or uh commando or whatever so I, th- I feel like this game is kind of an evolution of that because now you just take full control of your attacks and you have the dog who you can either set up, which this is the only thing I've set up to do automatic, is the dog because I want to focus on myself so I don't have to worry about telling the dog what to do. By the way, Jen, you can pet the dog.
2: I'm in. There's,
0: there's an achievement.
2: <laughs> I love it.
1: The, the achievement is literally called, yes, yes you can pet I've the dog.
2: I wonder if like if you look at the achievement stats across all players, if that one is the highest percentage of completion. I feel like it has to be, right?
1: Oh, it's something weird that I noticed is that the achievements that I keep getting that are popping are like two percent complete. I'm like, this is like the beginning of the game. Is nobody playing this game? That's weird. It's really weird. Yeah. Um I'm enjoying the story. It it's it's a little it's a little heavy, so you have to kind of prepare yourself. For the story, I, I mean, it, right in the beginning, it's like, man, this yeah. is uh, this is rough right off the bat. So, yeah.
0: and and if you want to really understand the story, get ready to read a lot.
1: Right. So there's there's this thing where you can do it's called active time lore. So in the middle of a cutscene, you can hit the touchpad on the controller, and it'll bring up everybody's information that's in the scene, so ah. to, from, from where you are to who the people are to. Possibly the thing they're talking about. It's all you can look at it all and read it all during that. And then between missions, you can go to a guy who will take all that information and like lay it out so you can read it anytime you want. He's like the lore master.
0: Yeah. And essentially, what I found out is you don't have to like have read it during the cutscene for it to show up there. Yeah. um, Which is great. It's nice. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, And, And they do. And it made me happy. Um, the opening to when you first talk to the lore guy, um, the opening thing is just two like uh, Pixel remaster sprites. Uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah, when, really good.
1: It, when you save the game, whoever's in your party shows up as little sprites like the yeah, original it's really game. Good. It's great. So, yeah, they, there's some fan service stuff like that. And that's great. Um, but yeah, I mean, there. It's like I said, it's a heavy game. There's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of a lot of interesting characters. Um, I thought I would hate the like the kaiju battles, but it's pretty cool. I mean, they're basically just they're basically just press a button to win. But
0: yeah, they're 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 quick time events. um,
1: But when you're fighting the the kaijus as a human, that's that's interesting. Yeah. I'm going to ask you one thing, Mark. Have you gotten to the limit breaks yet? I just got it. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah. So you might be slightly ahead of me. I, I'm, if you just got there, yes, I'm definitely ahead of you. So I won't go too far into it, but I'm glad that limit breaks exist. I was going to, I was wondering if that was going to be a thing or not. Uh, it is. And it's awesome. The way you use it, the, f- yeah. they give you so much ability in the beginning. Um, it's interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see how much more you get. Yeah. Cause yeah. They throw a lot at you in the beginning.
0: I I know you, from what I've seen, people counting down of just notifications from Twitch streamers is that I think you get you get the chance. You probably it's probably a Pokemon S thing where you get the chance to collect every um, you know icon, um, or at least the icons power. However they describe that. Um, So um, you're going to get at least that stuff. So I'm curious at how you get the ice power. (laughs) <laughs> if you're gonna get that without spoiling any story. Yeah, um, I don't know how that's gonna work. <laughs> yeah. So um, um the one yes. interesting thing now that I know that you are I or or you're past me, um the without spoiling anything, um I really like the the disease that they introduce. I think it's a really neat way to describe how things work in the world. Yeah. yeah. I agree. So so I'm um, I'm really intrigued. And how they're gonna how they're gonna play that, and obviously it's gonna play into the main story because of a quick scene you get after you learn about it. Um, yep. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, by the time you guys listen to this, I'll probably have one or two more sessions in, so I'll probably be ahead of where me and Tom are talking about right now. But um, mm-hmm. final verdict: um, Do you think? Um, I was gonna say I was gonna. I, I think the question I was going to ask is going to be a yes immediately. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying to rewire. I was going to say, "Do you think this will get you to Final Fantasy Remake?" And by the pace that you're going, you're going to get there before Starfield comes out. Um... Yeah,
1: I'm kinda, <laughs> so, I'm kind of blown through this game. I did not think I yeah. was going to be playing it as much as I am. <laughs> but I'll probably make start. I'll probably make the start of Starfield at this point. Yeah. Um. But, I may I may even beat this and move on to Zelda for, like, more than yeah. a minute.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, but Zelda, for me, I'm um, basically where I was with Breath of the Wild. As I got to the end, got frustrated with them wanting me to learn the battle system the way they taught it. Oh, you mean the um,
1: mechanic that they teach you in, right in the beginning of the game?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, and then I went back, like, six months later and then finally beat it because I wasn't as frustrated. But, um... Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you're enjoying it because um, I was a little worried, as you probably were, with all the action stuff. Um, I was—I
1: gotta say—I was very worried, and I—I I almost considered waiting to buy the game.
0: Yeah, but I'm—I'm
1: really glad I didn't.
0: I thought you were going to be a hashtag not my Final Fantasy. Um, I, I thought about it. I—I'm not going <laughs> to lie.
1: I was that. I was on the fence. I was like, this might not be for me. I might not. Yeah. I might not be into this. But man. Yeah. I am really enjoying it. It's and, uh, been a big surprise.
0: So, and and the last thing I'll mention, unless you have any thoughts after this, I love that all the stuff we saw in trailers, for the most part that I can remember, seemed to be in like the first six hours of the game. It may have even been less,
1: less than, than, than that. that. It might yeah. have just been like the first two
0: hours. Yeah. So a lot incredible. of this stuff is surprise. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, some of the stuff they, they. They telegraph and then make you think second guess yourself but then they reveal it as what you te- what was telegraphed and go okay I don't know why I tried to hide that because um, it's blatantly obvious uh, but I do like the journey they have Clive on um, so I'm interested yeah. to move forward do you have any final thoughts um just that
1: if you want to play it and you want to understand what's happening you kind of need to read the lore stuff mm-hmm. um you can get through it and just kind of play the game and do the action stuff and be fine. But if you want to really understand what's happening, you kind of need to read all that stuff. Which may or may not be what you're into. Um, but they do a pretty good job of explaining what's happening. Uh, the a, a lot of the characters you run into know each other already. So they kind of just speak to each other like you're supposed to know who they are. Um, which is where that, that active time... Lore thing comes in; it really helps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think if you have ever played a a Final Fantasy game, or if so, let me think. If you're a fan of Kingdom Hearts and the older style Final Fantasy games, say six, nine, four, uh, if you're a fan of the the that style of game plus Kingdom Hearts style gameplay, more Kingdom Hearts three than anything. Yeah. Um,
0: you're going to enjoy this without a doubt. Yeah. So there you have it. Um, both Final Fantasy fans on this podcast enjoy it, and we mentioned the part of the game that would get Jen to play it. So <laughs> <laughs> we just got to get her get uh, Dan to buy her a PS five. And, yeah. that, and that's...
2: Uh, yep, that's yeah. the missing puzzle piece here. Exactly.
0: And then, and Jen, you also you don't only really just pet the dog; you feed the dog treats.
2: Oh, my gosh! <laughs> love it!
0: <laughs> it's so good. There's a dedicated button to it when you walk up to'. Them. Um, oh. so yeah, let's let's move on to the news. I think we're at that six week week period where there's gonna be a little bit of slow news um up until September, and then basically, well, I guess early August when John Madden comes down from his mountain and proclaims <laughs> video games can be released again. Uh, but, Jen, what have you been able to scrape up from the bottom of the barrel of the news bucket this week?
2: Yeah, it's, it's not too much, but some interesting things, I think. Um, first off, another Mortal Kombat 1 trailer recently dropped, so we have a few more confirmed characters joining the game. Um, both Smoke and Rain have been confirmed. They're going to be available as main player characters, so that's cool. No, they're, um, not the,
0: they're not whatever those tag along characters are called.
2: Oh, yeah, they're not cameos. Cameos. Um, it also appears that with the new rewritten timeline that they're going with, Smoke, Sub Zero, and Scorpion are going to be teaming up, up together, kind of like Team Lin Kuei. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. That's
1: weird considering they're mortal enemies.
2: I know. Um, and I then, think, go
0: ahead. Yeah, so I I, said, I think they made them brothers. In, they, made they made them brothers in this
2: game? I, I think, think Sub-Zero and a, Scorpion are, I believe. There's a part where I think, I don't know if they made them actual brothers or if they're referring to each other as brothers because they're from the same clan. Got so
0: it. Okay. In,
1: in the old Mortal Kombat lore, Smoke and Sub-Zero are brothers, if I'm not mistaken. Smoke is the first
0: Sub-Zero. Could be, but yeah, they, basically, think, basically, where's Dan, where's Dan when you need him? <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, Liu Kang fucked with everything is essentially where this story is going. Yeah,
2: it, it's a totally, uh, a total new timeline. It's like the Thanos Snap, I guess. Well, not Snap, I, it's not exactly the same, but he rewrote everything. It's, so it's the multiverse
1: that, yeah. of madness. Yes,
2: there you go. So, um, Speaking of cameos, uh, they added some more uh, characters as confirmed cameos as well. So again, if you don't know what cameos are, it's um, characters that can briefly assist you during a battle or a fight, but aren't available to play as in the main player roster. Um,
0: and, and Jen, before you announce those, mm-hmm. how do they spell cameo?
2: K-A-M-E-O, <laughs> of course.
0: <laughs> isn't that, a,
1: isn't that a, uh, a rareware game cameo?
2: Yeah, it is. That's why
0: I wanted to mention it.
2: <laughs> they're very creative with spelling things with a K. Um, but uh, they are adding Cyrax and Sector as cameos. Uh, they were shown in the trailer.
1: They and suck. yeah, they suck, I mean, man. at
2: least they're only cameos. Yeah, they don't know?
1: deserve to be regular playable
2: characters. Yeah. And I think we kind of came to that agreement um, a few weeks ago when we talked about this uh, with Dan, yeah. actually. Um, they also showed Frost is going to be a cameo, which I'm happy about, but also disappointed because that means she's not going to be a main player in the main player roster. And she was one of the the ones that I was hoping for. Um, but yeah,
1: that's, that's weird that she wouldn't be in it.
2: Yeah, I think maybe they felt like there was just so much. I feel like they're leaning more into the Lin Kuei and adding her would be another, you know, like another member to have to write into that whole rewritten storyline. Yeah, so maybe they're they're avoiding that. I'm not sure. Um, but the trailer also showed a little bit of footage from the new story mode. And um, I believe it showed Sub-Zero, Scorpion, and Smoke on some kind of like infiltration mission. But the dialogue made it sound like Sub-Zero and Scorpion may have some disagreements at one point, which might wind up driving them apart eventually. So I wonder if they're going to be doing the whole, like, oh, even though the timeline has been rewritten, these rivalries were meant to be sort of thing um because you can hear them disagreeing a little bit in the the short clip that they that they showed in the trailer so I wonder if that's gonna happen in the end if they're just gonna you know hate each other anyway which is kind of sad but it'll be interesting to see how they they go with that but yeah that's that's pretty much all of the uh the newest confirmed additions to the game so I'm sure there's gonna be more coming soon to keep the interest up
1: always the leaks and always the teasers. Yep.
2: Yep. The teasers. Um, so moving on, um, this story technically happened, or well, part of it happened la- this past winter, um, but we're we're getting around to the, the conclusion of it as of, I believe, this past Friday, so last week. Um, but the co-creator of Sonic the Hedgehog, Yuji Naka, was um. arrested... yeah
1: so stupid
2: it's very stupid
1: yeah what did he do now
2: he was arrested twice in the winter of this past year um with both charges relating to insider trading oh yeah so in november he was arrested for his involvement in a plan to buy stock in developer aiming i believe it was like back in early 2020 he received inside information that it would be developing mobile game dragon quest tact Um, And then in December, Naka and another Square Enix employee were accused of buying shares in A-Team, which developed the mobile spinoff Final Fantasy VII, The First Soldier. Um, And that one, allegedly, those two made hundreds of millions of yen from the deal. So those are his uh, two charges. He's basically... Go ahead.
0: So so they made five times what happens when you beat a Yakuza on the street in in Yakuza. Right. (laughs) That's for for those of you that play a lot of Yakuza and you just beat money out of people in that
2: game. Oh, I see. (laughs) So, yeah, he he's been given a prison sentence of serving two and a half years as well as fines. Um, I believe it's around one point two million dollars. However, this is kind of the weird part. Naka's prison sentence has been suspended. So it's been put on hold for four years. And they're basically saying you will avoid going to jail as long as you follow these conditions of your release, and you don't break the law again during this time.
0: Is it don't make any Sonic games?
2: I don't. I couldn't <laughs> find the exact conditions. I didn't like look super hard, but
0: or or, or does he have make to make Bow y- games? Yeah, or does he have to make <laughs> Bow in Wonder World 2?
2: <laughs> one can only one can only wonder <laughs> at this point. But the judge who gave the sentence felt the need to point out that Naka showed remorse for his crimes. And I find that really funny because, and this is my personal opinion, if someone is remorseful about being involved in insider trading, they're only remorseful that they were caught, right?
1: Yeah, 100%. Like,
2: 100%. So why were you gonna go out there and say, oh, well, he felt so bad about it. Yes, okay. He felt
1: bad about it. He got caught and he's gotta go to right. jail.
2: Right. I he, feel
1: bad about it too.
2: He went up there and was like, I feel so bad about those hundreds of millions of yen that I made yeah. in this deal, I just feel like a terrible person. <laughs> oh. No, yeah. Of course he doesn't. Uh, so it,
0: and it's the complete opposite of the Japanese law that I was taught in Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. Objection. That they would be that they would be lenient. <laughs>
2: uh yeah. So I just I don't know. Insider training is shitty. And I yeah. feel like he got his literally got his hand slapped and was like, no, bad. I mean I mean and even Martha wink, Stewart wink, went to, jail. even
0: Martha Stewart went to jail.
2: Right. So yeah, I guess um, that was the
1: same crime, wasn't it? Didn't she? Wasn't yeah. that the same thing? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's,
2: it's interesting. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe they're. I mean, uh, it's, it's,
1: it's Japan and the U.S.,
2: so there's it's going to be. They're different. definitely different, and maybe they're looking at him as like you know this this gem of a person that you know we don't want right. to be that hard on him.
0: But you know, good thing is he never did a recreational drug, or else he would be right. sent to the Japanese version of the gulag. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Maybe that's part of the uh, the conditions of his reliefs is that he has to survive a gulag, <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: or something. Yeah, oh they,
0: yeah, they're real harsh about that. They literally eliminated an entire actor from the Judgment Game because he got caught with cocaine. Gee, <laughs> like likeness and all, just out of the game,
2: Damn. <laughs> deleted, <laughs> canceled. Yeah, like yeah, yeah you
0: want to talk about cancel culture? Get get, get right. caught with some weed in Japan. As a, ja- as, a, as a Japanese, you know, celebrity.
2: Wow. So yeah. Um. I guess I would say more. Maybe we'll hear more about this, but I guess unless he breaks the conditions of his release and/or the law, we probably won't hear anything else about this. I don't know. Um. So moving on to the last topic that I have, because like I said, it's kind of hard to scrape up some news this week. I want to talk about some Dead by Daylight updates. Um okay. Mainly because. There are some huge updates coming to the game at the end of July, and there are some that I pulled out that I wanted to mention that I think have the potential to change the game, which is interesting. Um, So the first thing being, and before I start, there are a ton of changes. Like, this barely scratches the surface, but these were the most, um, like, the largest ones that I found. So starting out, bots are going to be able to join live matches when a teammate disconnects. So. Currently, when a survivor DCs, it really sucks for their teammates because that's one less person to help the team, you know, doing gens, running the killer, etc. And it makes it that much harder to survive the match, especially when it happens at the very beginning of the match. Um, So with this update, when a person DCs, the game will automatically load in a bot to take their place. And obviously that's not a perfect solution by any means, but it still gives the team a shot because the bot is capable of doing pretty much anything their teammate could have done. So healing other survivors, making hook saves, working on generators, running the killer. Um, They're obviously not the brightest bulbs when it comes to looping. And sometimes they get stuck on like walls and stuff, but it's nice to know that a game is not going to end in three minutes because a bunch of random people on your team threw a tantrum about not wanting to up against a certain killer and just disconnect. So I thought that was interesting.
1: I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah. I I mean, anytime you get help when you've lost a teammate in in a in a game where you absolutely need all of your teammates, I think that's Mm -hmm. that's always gonna be helpful.
2: Yeah. Um, I've seen some some people not happy about it saying that when a team when a when a person DCs like it's not fair because, you know, that's one less person or survivor down for the killer to have to worry about. And like to a degree, I guess. If it's towards the end of, I, I, first of all, I don't know whether if a survivor disconnects when they're, say, on like their last hook or something, or right before they get put on their last hook, I don't know if the bot loading in is literally taking this, uh, starting from the same spot that they were, like they already are on death hook essentially.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I, I or, would assume they would have to do that.
2: Yeah, most likely that's what they're going to be doing. But some killers are saying, you know, if it's later on in the match and I'm relying on, you know, Going to kill this person and they DC, and then a bot loads in on the other side of the map. Like, that kind of sucks. So, I get that. But, I
1: mean, of course, there's going to be downsides to it. But at the same time, it could be a normal person that's that far away. I mean,
2: right. Yeah. It's it's not going to break the game. I don't think, like, in terms of from a killer's perspective, it, yeah. The bots are so. (sighs) The only complaint, the actual complaint that I have about the bots when I'm playing Killer is that they are so fine-tuned with their dodging capabilities that they can, like, turn on a dime faster, pretty much faster than anyone can actually react in a match. Like, if I play as Huntress, I'll throw a hatchet, and at the last possible pixel, they, like, move their head and dodge the hatchet. I'm like, come on! <laughs> you know it's it's computer reflexes. But other than that, I mean, they're they're really dumb sometimes, so... It just gives the other survivors a fighting chance, a little bit of a fighting chance, so I'm okay with it. Um, But moving on, probably the biggest news, one of the, well, I guess the second biggest news of the update, the elimination of hook grabs. Um, So even if you don't play the game, you can imagine that if a killer hooks a survivor and then camps right in front of the hook, it's very annoying, especially for the one that's stuck on the hook. Um, So all too often a teammate will get hooked and the killer will stand right there next to the hook just to secure an easy kill. And it makes it really hard for the hooked survivor to be saved because currently, if someone comes in to make the attempt to unhook that person and the killer is standing right there, they can physically interrupt the save animation and yank them right off of the survivor they're unhooking. And then that puts that second survivor in the dying state. So the killer is getting like a two-for-one special, pretty much. So it's either they're downing two people for the price of one or they're just standing there until that first survivor dies, and then they go and look for someone else to do it too. Um, Now, a lot of times it's easy to combat that when you're playing with three other people on comms because you can, you know, be working on gens while the killer is waiting for someone to fall for their trap. But if you're in a random lobby like I am a lot of times, you can't control what other people are doing. And a lot of times people will try to be altruistic and come in and save you not knowing the killer's there or not caring. And then all of a sudden the game's over and everyone, you know... Gets punished with de pipping and no blood points. So, with this new update, they're taking out the actual ability to grab a survivor while they're saving someone. Instead, they are allowing the killer to hit, swing, and hit the person who's making the save, and then giving them enough time to swing again after the unhook is completed, where the survivor doing the saving gets downed, but the rescued survivor gets a chance to get away. Yeah, that's good. So, Yeah, It's like a trade-off, and it's obviously still possible for the killer to leave the second survivor on the ground and go right after the one that was unhooked. But it's still giving the the hooked, camped survivor the possibility to get away. Um, And, you know, a lot of times it kind of feels like your game is being held hostage while you're just sitting there on the hook, not being able to do anything. So um, I think whether or not this actually makes a difference in gameplay against a camping killer is yet to be seen. But I'm looking forward to seeing how things change with the hook grabs being gone, especially because we're also going to eventually be getting the anti-face camping mechanic that we talked about a few episodes ago, where if the killer is is within a certain radius of the hook, a meter fills up and eventually it allows the hook survivor to free themselves off of the hook. So I think the two will complement each other well and just hopefully discourage hook camping. Um, You know, maybe it'll turn around and cause people to like aggressively tunnel or slug instead, but I think it'll just be interesting to see how the gameplay changes in general. Um, and the way I see it, like if, if a killer main only wants to face camp someone on a hook and they don't want to change the way they play and learn how to be better, I think they're just being a troll anyway. So there's never going to be a change to that. But um, all my Facebook Dead by Daylight groups are full of killer mains right now, freaking out about it, promising that until this gets released, they're going to be doing so much extra face camping just to punish people because they're mad that they're taking it away.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, that makes it so much better.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so that really paints a nice picture of what's going on right now. It's The the community is very hostile. It's it's crazy. But, uh, yeah. And then the last big change is, of course, Nick Cage, as we mentioned before. He is officially the game's newest survivor, as he and his perks are currently available to test out in the PTB, which is the player test build. Um, While I say again, I'm not the biggest Nick Cage fan, Watching gameplay of him has been interesting and highly entertaining, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're going to be really excited, Mark. I think Behavior has done a really good job of merging his like Nick Cage-ness into the yeah. game and creating really funny perks that add a very interesting like high-risk, high-reward element to playing Survivor. Um, so I wanted to just quickly mention his perks. Uh, the first one is called Dramaturgy. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is basically a gambling perk that you can activate when your character is healthy. So you have to be running to activate it. And your character will start running um, in the high knees style for about a half a second. And then it gives them a 25% haste, which is like a speed burst for two seconds. And then it's followed by an unknown effect. So it's a bit of a gamble what's going to happen to you. So you can either be exposed for 12 seconds, which means if the killer hits you, you're a one hit down. Um, you can gain another 25% haste for two more seconds. You could just scream and nothing happens mm-hmm. or you gain a random rare item. But then if you're holding something, you immediately drop that. So it also causes exhaustion, which means that needs to go away before you could use the ability again. So I that thought that was pretty interesting. All of that
1: sounds rather useless.
2: It <laughs> well, is <I'm> fun. <laughs> and it, that's the thing. Like it's very fun. And when you're in a chase, activating this and getting that that speed burst even though it sounds like oh only 25 percent for two seconds it could be the difference if you time it right between getting a hit like being hit and getting out of a chase or you know like getting to a really good spot where you could loop the killer around like a couple walls or something but i would not be coordinated enough i don't think to properly use it but i think it's hilarious that you could just scream or you know Get a really cool item but then maybe you had a good one in your hand and you're like crap i really wanted the other one <laughs> so it's funny um the second perk is called scene partner and this will activate when you're in the the killer's terror radius so that's like when you're close enough to the killer where you could hear their heartbeat yeah um so with this perk if you look at the killer it makes you scream which reveals your location to the killer, but then it also lets you see the killer's aura for a few seconds. So obviously they're probably going to wind up chasing you, but then you can see where they are, so you can kind of avoid them. Um, With this perk, there's a chance that it will make you scream again, which will (laughs) again reveal (laughs) your location to the killer, but then you also get to see their aura for an additional two seconds. Um, So that one has a minute cooldown in between. and then
0: He feels like a wild magic sorcerer.
2: Yes, I was going to say it's like wild magic, and then I didn't know if listeners would get it. But yeah, yeah he's totally wild magic sorcerer in this game. Um, the last the last perk, which is my personal favorite, is called Plot Twist. It activates when you're injured, and it's literally you dropping to the ground and playing dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you leave no blood pools. You don't make any noise. Like usual when you're hurt, you're like grunting and stuff. Um, No blood, no noise, and best of all, you can fully recover from the dying state once you fill up your recover bar. Um, You are not only healed instantly, but you gain 50% speed for a few seconds as well, so you can kind of get out of dodge. I've seen people use this perk to fall over and play dead into a bunch of tall grass, and the killer just has no idea where you went. And then they (laughs) get up and run away, and it's hilarious. It's really funny. I can't wait. Yeah, you can only use it once. During the game, and if you have another perk that also lets you pick yourself up, I don't think this is going to also stack on top of that. But if the exit gates are powered and you made it that far, you can use it again once it's time to leave. So if you get into a tough situation, um, you could wind up picking yourself up again if the killer lets you. But um, aside from his perks, there are also a ton of voice lines from Nick Cage in the game. There is about 10 minutes worth of possible dialogue that you can experience while you're playing with him or as him. Um, sometimes he's speaking to the killer, like mocking them. Sometimes he's begging them for mercy, like trying to, you know, make a deal with them. Um, sometimes he's talking to fellow survivors that he's next to asking them what's going on. Um, there's one line where he's like, listen, this isn't like the movies. This is real life. Um, other ever times, ever
1: try to steal the declaration of independence?
2: <laughs> I haven't listened to all of them, but I really hope that something like that is in there. Um, other times, he's just screaming or being really dramatic and silly. I, I would say if, if you have 10 minutes of free time, I highly recommend listening to the voice lines. If you go on YouTube, just search like Dead by Daylight Nicholas Cage voice lines, and there's a video posted by Cyrex, uh, which is S-Y-R-E-K-X, and they mash them all together. It's, it's really good. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think he and his perks and his voice lines are going to be bringing the game some much-needed lightheartedness and also like i said before like a new strategy of playing survivors that high risk high reward type thing um and i think with the updates i mentioned certain aspects of the way the game is played will change to an extent and like i said too with all the toxicity right now i think everyone needs a little humor in the game to lighten it up so i'm 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 actually excited for nick cage now i didn't think i'd be saying these words but <laughs> i think it just it needs to stop being so insanely serious and just be fun again so um all of the things that I mentioned release on July 25th. Uh, so they're going to come out of the, the test and then onto to all platforms. The only thing that's not coming out yet is the anti-face camping mechanic with the loading bar for a hook survivor. That is still being worked on. I don't think that there's a date for that, but everything else is coming at the end of this month. So yep. um, Mark, when are you going to play as Nick Cage?
0: Yeah. So depending on when we record TC Tam, I may do a full stream with you Wednesday or Ooh. the half hour beforehand. As the Cage, if I have the PTB all loaded and stuff like that.
2: Yep. Um, Sometimes it takes a bit to download. So if you do it like during the day, if you can, or, you know, like a day before, yeah. you could probably do it.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So look forward to that. Um, yeah. So that is the news, correct? Yep. That's it. All right. Um, so we'll move on to our main topic. Um, I will let whoever of Tom and Jen want to introduce it to go ahead, since they are way more experts in what we're going to talk about than I am. Um, so i will let them take it away guys tom it's all you all right so
1: this week um it was either early this week or late last week we got notice that the team that has produced the go xlr and go xlr mini from tc helicon the whole team has been let go and that essentially means that if you own a GoXLR or a Go XR Mini and you are a streamer, you will no longer receive factory updates for your device. So your device, in all intents and purposes, is dead. Uh, this yeah. thing that you spent probably close to $500 on will no longer receive factory updates. Now, there is a, a, a silver lining that there's going to be community updates coming at some point. But as most people know, community updates are only as good as the community is at providing them. They're not, they're not being paid. They're not, going to be, they're not going to be given any incentive to create these updates any quicker than they normally would. So what we've decided to do, since I know we know a lot of streamers, and we know a lot of streamers need this equipment or something similar... Uh, we decided we would give our advice on replacements for said uh, equipment because you know there's a lot of stuff out there and you kind of we kind of want to give you a lot of options because there's for a long time I feel like the Go XLR was the only thing anybody ever told anybody to buy and mm-hmm. at this point that seems like a bad idea um, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's a great device I'm not going to say it's not a good device but it um, it. It had some red flags from the, the people who made it when the whole team or, that originally decided to design this thing left and formed their own company called Beacon.
2: Yeah.
1: So once that happened, I, that was a giant red flag to me that things were just not going to be working out well for this, this company. So I feel bad for anybody who owns this piece of equipment that was hoping to get more improvements and more updates for it or even to see a, a next iteration of it. Because mm-hmm. it's, like I said, it's an all-in-one device for streamers. It was built for streamers, and I feel like everybody's kind of trying to play catch-up now to make sure that they have something that's as good as that. Because now now it needs to be good. Yeah. So Jen and I have, th- have put together a list of s- stuff that may interest you. Uh, Mark has also... He's going to yeah. throw in his hat and a ring.
0: We'll let him go first with his recommendation. Because yeah. I think... Yeah, um, so... Yeah, go yeah, ahead. It's, it's it. um, I basically... All of my setup and things I've done are basically advice taken from one of these two. So I don't feel like I can stand up and go, oh, well, you know, the blah, uh, blah, 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 blah is really good because it does this and that because they can explain it a lot better than I can. Uh, so the only thing that I have different... I believe, than than the two of you, is I had purchased a green screen um, to go up behind me um, for my streams when I do it. Um, Now, I'm not going to say this is the best thing, but it was the easiest and best user-friendly one that I was able to find and read about. Um, There's a program called um, ChromaCam, which essentially uh, does the keying for you, um, and you can pick backgrounds and stuff they have a bunch of preset ones and then you can upload any photo to it and sort of make that your background. Um, I haven't figured out how to size it correctly so that sometimes it's not too blown up, um, in there. Um, so, uh, I believe I, I forget the exact amount, but there, there is a small, like either yearly or monthly subscription, these yearly, um, or maybe even a lifetime. I might've bought the lifetime, um, one, um, that, that gives you access to all the, all the features of it. Um, But what it does, you can have a regular green screen where it just cuts you out and it's all black. Um, I didn't find much success in that. I don't know if it's my camera, you know, not being top of the line here um, or not. But I found a lot of success using the backgrounds. Um, So, And the thing I like the best is because it it has a simple toggle at the bottom um, that just you can make yourself bigger in the window, make yourself smaller, um, and you can orient yourself whether right left center and it even does it in like small increments so you can like be sort of slightly off center you know so wh- whatever picture you put in the background to pop up on the green screen you don't block anything you can sort of move yourself or size yourself down to sort of you know showcase if you want to showcase what's there behind you um but yeah i find it it found it very easy it links right up to the camera it finds it on its own um the the only slight downside which i don't even know is the downside because again not as deep of an expert in computers as Tom, um, is that you have to leave the you have to leave the app open while using it. Um, you can minimize it, but it's not one of those things where it's sort of like it's always constantly running in the background. Um, so um, if I don't know for lesser powered machines, if that would give a problem, um, it has some connection with. Um, I should have I should have remembered and looked this up. Um, some kind of feature that's on, like, newer cards you sort of have to turn off or it sort of freaks the fuck out um, on there. Um, so I, I had to do that on there. But it it, it has a has a great instruction manual to explain all that stuff to you. And, um, yeah, yeah. And it works seemingly with just about any camera. I have an old Logitech here that I use that I probably should really upgrade. Um, and it works perfectly fine with it, and it finds it you know, with no problem and seems to be very, very, like I said, user-friendly. It might not be top of the line in quality um, software for using for green screen. um, But after fooling around with the OBS uh, chroma key thing, which was a fucking mess, um, this program um, seemed to help a lot uh, for someone that's not as tech savvy as some. So that is my contribution to this. Um, Everything else you hear from them two, I have stolen and I'm using as well. So go ahead guys. All right, Jen, why don't you kick us off?
2: Okay, so I am basically gonna talk about Elgato's entire product ecosystem because that's what they do. They come out with products that uh, have to work together in order for it to be perfect. Um, So these are all really great products, but I have some positives and negatives for both to help. Um, So starting out the Elgato Stream Deck Plus, Um, I think this would be a good option for someone who maybe currently doesn't have a Stream Deck because it's literally a mixer and a Stream Deck combined into one. Um, And it's relatively new. I think it came out last year or it's been out for about a year. Um, So some positives with this. It comes with some knobs to control different aspects of your audio the way, you know, the GoXLR did. But it also has the functionality of a Stream Deck, which is nice. Um, So this is actually two products in one. Um, you can change the audio volume, but also you know the knobs can change camera brightness, zoom, etc. You can press the knobs in and cycle through different actions. Um, so it has that capability that the Stream Deck currently offers, uh, with you know more more of like a Go XLR type interface. Um, there's also a touchscreen on there, which is pretty cool. It lets you swipe between different app pages or see dial information. Um, And then the Stream Deck Plus also gives you access to like thousands of soundboards and royalty-free tracks. And it also gives you access to the Wavelink software that you, so you can have endless customization options when it comes to, you know, making it fit you perfectly as as a content creator. Um, Some negatives on this, uh, one minor drawback for me was the number of buttons available. Um, It only has eight, which is less, much less than both the regular stream deck and the stream deck extra large. But it is two more than the mini gives. So if you're a fan of the mini, this really doesn't affect you. Um, But if you like having a lot of different buttons instead of having to, you know, go through folders to get to a button quickly, this um, might be a drawback for you. And then the major downside, in my opinion, is that if you have an XLR mic, which most likely you do, if you're looking to replace the Go XLR, there is actually no XLR input on the back of the Stream Deck Plus. So this is what I was saying before. In order to use your XLR mic with the Stream Deck Plus, you can purchase the Elgato Wave XLR, which works alongside the Stream Deck Plus, and all of a sudden you're spending all this money.
0: <laughs> uh,
2: but yeah, that's that's the way that they would work in conjunction with one another. Um, and that kind of segues me into my next suggestion. Uh, or you go too far. Yes, I
1: own a Stream Deck Plus, and I very much love it. So yes. I'll say real quick: if sure. you own, if you, if you're someone who already owns a high-end uh, interface for your XLR microphone, the Stream Deck Plus is great because it gives you the access to the WaveLink software and gives mm-hmm. you the Stream Deck uh ability as well and you can use your high-end interface or any if you already own an interface and you don't need the uh the XLR input then it's perfect. Right. But like Jen said if you need those things then it's there's a major downside.
2: Yeah then you're you know collecting Elgato products. Um yep. but as you mentioned the wavelength mixer software is what I really wanted to touch on. Um, obviously I have to mention this because this is what I currently have and um I'm very vocal on my opinions on it (laughs) if you tune into a stream. So I figured I'd mention it. Um, I also, I basically purchased the Wave 3 mic, which I really like and it came with the software. So the way it works, you have to purchase either a Stream Deck Plus, a Wave XLR or any of their Wave mics and then you get the software for free. Um, uh, Some of my positives, this software is really helpful. I basically use it to separate all of my audio into different channels. So my mic audio, game sounds, music, Discord, um, stream sound alerts, just anything that I need to split out into their own channels, it gives you the ability to do that. But also you can control your audio between a monitor mix and a stream mix. So you can hear something for yourself and your headphones, which is the monitor mix versus the stream mix, which is what your stream hears. So for example, uh, in between Deadlight, Dead by Daylight games, I mute the game audio going out to my stream, so they don't hear it, but I play other music, so I unmute the music channel, and they can only hear the music, but I usually mute the music in my own headphones, because it's too much to have both going on at the same time, so you can literally make it do whatever you want it to do, Um, so it's massive control over audio routing, which I, I love. This was something that I had been looking for and then when I found out that this software existed and I also wanted a new m- microphone, this was like a no-brainer for me. Um, it's also compatible with OBS. So you can actually set it to be a master source in OBS and have the mixer audio fully integrated into your stream. Um, and then another positive is that, again, because this is Elgato, it works really well with the Stream Deck as well as all their other products. Um, so it gives you, you know, compatibility with voice mod and sound boards. And you can also easily program your Stream Deck to have the face of a physical mixer, so you can adjust the volume with the audio and, you know, different quality settings with the press of a few buttons, as opposed to sliding faders on a physical mixer. So, I really like it because of that as well. Um, getting into some negatives, like I said, you need to purchase one of their other products that I mentioned in order to use it. You can't, unfortunately, purchase it on its own and use it with another mic or device. Um,
0: I, I would assume you would want to use it with the, like, full Stream Deck, not the mini. I'd assume more buttons, the better.
2: Yeah, or- if, if you're someone that wants to see, like, you could use it and just, you know, with your mouse, change the different settings or mute channels or whatever. But, yeah, having it, I have the Stream Deck XL because I, exactly for that reason, like, more than half of it is dedicated to my audio channels. Um, I like is, to which- see volume and mute buttons yeah, and stuff.
1: W- which is why the Stream Deck Plus is also great because it will show you that level on that yep. little touch
2: screen. Yep, exactly. Um, so it works. It works incredibly well with the other products. Um, another negative setup can be complex and a little confusing depending on what all you want to do with it. So there are a lot of walkthroughs that Elgato provides to help make it easier. But just know, like, if you plan on fully integrating it with OBS, your Stream Deck, your Wave Mic, you know, everything. It takes patience and a bit of testing in order to make sure everything is connected properly and working. So, you know, if that's not a big deal to you, then I, you know, still recommend it. Um, And then another thing I wanted to mention is that the software is constantly being updated. And that might not necessarily sound like the worst thing, but it can be really annoying to have to constantly download updates to make sure it's working properly. Um, And some of the updates are stupid. Like one of the last updates was Elgato adding a button so that you could easily access their store. Like, great, thanks. Like I need more, I need more reminders that you want me to spend money with you. (laughs) Um, But the biggest frustration by far for me is that the software updates can sometimes cause your Wavelink settings to completely reset. Um, So that means you not only have to go back in and reconfigure your audio channels, but also reestablish your mixer's audio routing connection with OBS. And as I mentioned before, I have very specific audio channels, specifically one for stream sound alerts. So I have it connected to OBS where if somebody say, like follows me or subs to me, um, it you know, triggers the sound alerts to play for stream and for myself. When this reset happens, I have to completely delete and recreate my sound alerts channel in Wavelink as well as delete and make a new source in OBS or the connection's broken. Um, and I don't know what? why this happens. I don't just... know
1: why that happens either. Cause I've never had that problem.
2: Yep. I went on a tear, like dug through Reddit, tried to figure out, you know, is there something that I'm doing wrong? And I found a bunch of threads of people who were saying this exists and Elgato is aware of it. And there's just no workaround. Um, it just is what it is there. You know, there's all kinds of complaints on it. And I think on a higher level, even if that specifically doesn't happen to you, if a piece of your Elgato product ecosystem system, like the Stream Deck needs to update, sometimes the Wavelink won't work until you update the Stream Deck. So that's the downside of having everything super connected is that you know your audio might not work because you didn't realize that you had a Stream Deck update for some reason, or the buttons to control your audio aren't working now and you don't realize and it's right before your stream and now you have to update everything. And sometimes updates require you to just close the Wavelink software and open it. And sometimes you need to fully restart your PC. And it's just, it's a lot of troubleshooting and testing when something goes wrong. Because like I said, everything's connected. So one thing breaks, they all break. Um, But like I said, I mean, Elgato knows about it. There's real no specific fixes for these kind of things. They'll just tell you to restart your PC or uninstall the program and reinstall it. Or follow our walkthroughs again to set it up. And although that fixes it, it's just frustrating to have to go through and set up my device every time there's a really big update. Um, But if you've noticed, they've started warning people, hey, this update might reset your audio settings. So at least there's that kind of progress because they finally admit that this is a problem. Um, But overall, I do think it's worth it to purchase a combination of their devices and have the software, if not only just for the software itself. On the mic, the Wave 3 mic that I have, I think the sound quality is really great. I love, like to death, I love the Stream Deck so much. And being able to use your XLR mic with the Wave XLR and getting the Wavelength software for free, I think it all just makes sense if you're looking to replace your current Go XLR. Um, And when the software doesn't have an update, it's fantastic and perfect and it's beautiful and it sounds great. And you just need to be ready to do some troubleshooting if something breaks, that's all. so I put together pricing, the Wave XLR is around $160. The Stream Deck Plus is 200. Um, if you wanna get a regular Stream Deck, it ranges from like 70 bucks to 200, depending on the size. Um, the Wave 3 mic itself is 150. So if you're looking to pick up the XLR, the Stream Deck Plus and uh, say a new microphone to have the full package, you're looking at about $510, which is a little bit less than what the Go XLR cost if you got the large one. So just to give you an idea of pricing.
1: Yep. Yeah, I mean the the fact that the Go XLR was so expensive is what turned a lot of people away from it. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: seeing that you can get all this equipment for the same price as the Go XLR, granted it's going to be multiple different things, but it's all in the same ecosystem. So that's right. the one plus side to Elgato. Right. Uh, and once you're in the Elgato ecosystem, <laughs> that's pretty much it.
2: Yeah. It's really hard for me to, I can already tell, like imagining not using this, the Wavelength software anymore, despite all of my frustrations with it. It's, it's really hard to imagine because it's so convenient to split out your audio like that.
1: Yep. Yeah. It's I, I, that's what I use for my stream. So I understand, but I'm going to offer some non Elgato products. Now I will always recommend that you pair whatever you're getting with a stream deck, just because it's so useful, and you should, if you're a streamer, you should have one anyway. But I'm just going to talk pretty much au- strictly audio here for my my um, recommendations. And the first thing that I'm going to recommend is the Roland Bridgecast. So this has a lot of cool features. Uh, it comes with a mixer software that is very similar to say the Wavelink software. So it allows you to set your, it's got four knobs, so it allows you to set four different inputs to those knobs. So you can have your game, you can have music, you can have uh, Discord, you can have um, any other thing you might need on those on those knobs. You can control it with an actual physical knob, which is nice. People like that. Uh, it's also RGB, which gamers are going to love that. Um, it's got effects built in. Uh, And the biggest thing is that it has two outputs. So it's got your stream output and your personal output. So like Jen was talking about before, you can turn things up or down in your own mix so you don't have to hear them, and they only go out to the stream. And um, you can can dial in how much you want to hear of each thing, which is great. And it also has a line out. So if you do dual pc streaming, you have a line out that can go to another pc and it makes life a whole lot easier.
2: Mm, that's awesome.
1: Um and it's funny, if you look through Roland's like material 9 times out of 10 in their pictures, they show a stream deck next to it.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it's an invaluable tool for a streamer, it really is. It,
1: it's just so funny because you would think that oh, it's they don't want to show another company's product, but Right. <laughs> It's so ingrained in streaming culture that there's yeah. they're showing it work side by side with the stream deck. Yeah, now I am, I don't know for sure, but I imagine you can use the stream deck in conjunction with this to control certain things. Um there hasn't been a did lot they, of cover
0: go ahead, Mark. I was gonna say, did they uh did they show off the foot pedal for the stream stream deck? <laughs> no. Uh, working with this. Sorry, uh, I have been. Okay, Uh, that that foot pedal might have been the worst invention of that. I don't,
1: I still don't know who it's for. I still don't know, (laughs) but anyway, so the Roland Bridgecast is $299. So it's an XLR um, interface and it's also a mixer. And like I said, it gets gives you those two different stream, it gives you those two different um, buses to send one to the stream and one to your headphones. So with this, it's the only audio product you'll need and you can get the you get the Stream Deck Mini and you should be good to go and that's well under the price of the Go XLR. And it's smaller, which is nice. And it's it's a it's well built. So Roland makes a lot of music products. They are also the same company as Boss, so if you are a musician and you use or you're a guitarist, you have seen a Boss pedal at some point. So it's the same people making this. So you know it's well built. Um uh, I say that because Boss, there's Boss <laughs> it's kind of like Kleenex. There's a Boss style pedal, and everybody knows in that circle will know what a Boss style pedal is. So it's the same te- same people that make make those. So you got to know that it's going to be well built, and uh, hopefully, we're going to see a lot more of it soon. It's it's a brand new product, like it just came out. I want to say a couple months ago. So uh, that's my first. Option now, if you don't want to buy a stream deck and you want all the bells and whistles and you want faders and you want to be able to control audio and switch scenes and do all of this stuff at the same time, you're going to want the Rodecaster Pro Two. This is also a fairly new product, Um, but this—I mean—if I started reading all the features this had, we'd be here till tomorrow. So I would highly recommend do some research on it, but it it literally is a studio in a box and it costs the same so the roadcaster pro 2 has four xlr inputs it's got four four uh headphone outputs um so it's built to do multi-person uh streaming or recording so you can do that or you can use it for music or you can use it for streaming i mean it's and it it's got its own ecosystem as well Road has their own type of ecosystem with this and i I started going through like their all of the all of the information for their uh software and stuff and there's just a million things you can do with it. you can use it for music like playing a guitar through it and then you can use it as an interface while talking to talking to chat and you can use it for keyboards you can use it for anything um but like I said, it will cost you. It is 699.99. But it has all of the bells and whistles. It will do anything you want it to do. And you know, some people like having everything at their fingertips. This is a bit too much for me even, which is saying a lot because I've gone through all kinds of streaming gear and this 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 is a bit much for for me. <laughs> <laughs> um so I'm gonna give you the other end of the spectrum also, because I felt like if I have if I was throwing the highest cost thing, I'm gonna give you a, a budget option as well. So if you have a USB microphone, or if you already have an interface and you don't feel like shelling out for a Stream Deck, there is another product called the PC Panel Pro. This thing is $99 and it integrates with OBS. You can so basically you can set up your mixer in OBS. And you can control all of those inputs via four faders. And there's also five knobs on this as well. So the PC Panel Pro is basically just a mixer, but it has the ability to switch scenes and do other macros because the knobs are also buttons. We actually use this for Extra Life one year. Um, So Jen, you have a little experience with it. Yep. The only issue I have with this product is that you kind of have to make your own labels for it because you might not you might forget what each knob or each fader does, which I'm pretty sure we had to write out a cheat sheet for, for extra life.
2: Yeah, yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy so, to forget what each knob is supposed to be doing.
1: Yeah. So it, it, it's it's a really cr- great product to mo- to use alongside say a USB microphone. And if you're using OBS, it can do it can it can do pretty much everything you need it to do um also if if you're big into that has RGB also so there you go I mean it's got it's got a lot of functionality um you can use it to do key combinations you can use it for media to start and stop music you can close program open a program so it's not just for streaming you can use it for all kinds of stuff also but I think it's a great tool if you if you don't want to spend However, how, how much is, how much is a normal stream deck cost? Is it like 150? I, I th- say?
2: think, yeah, I think 150 around there for the regular size stream deck.
1: So if you don't want to shell out that much, uh, I think this is a great option because it gives you, it not, it not only gives you, um, swing scene switching ability, it gives you some faders for your audio also. Yeah. Um, now Mark, I'm, I'm thinking we should yeah. probably put the, we should give uh links for all this stuff in the description yeah. of the of the show so we'll send you all the all the all the <laughs> so we can uh we can let people check them out for themselves and you know we love talking about hardware. so if you guys want to talk more about this or talk more about TC Helicon shop shutting down uh the uh go XlR team, hit us up on Twitter at gameVolPod we could sit here and talk about this for hours. Uh just because we we like streaming, we like the stuff that makes streaming work. So, like I said, hit us up Gameball Pod on Twitter or Threads and uh we'll continue the conversation over there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, um all the stuff that I use and all the advice I take, um I go to the Tom and Jen first. So, they they are um, a fount of knowledge in this respect. So, yeah, and um, yeah, I said uh, got Twitter. I believe you got Discord channels, as you mentioned. You know, just anyway, um, thread. If you're on Threads, <laughs> you know we're on there. If you want to talk to us there, um, but yeah, 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 great advice. Um, we like to do these public service announcements every so often here, um, especially for anybody listening that might want to start streaming. So, without further ado, um, we get into our retro roulette game this week, which. Um essentially uh fucked me up for about two sessions of Final Fantasy 15. Um and I am talking about we played Super Mario Sunshine uh for uh the GameCube and yeah so this is one of the Marios that I skipped mostly. Um I think I rented it once, played it for probably about as long as I played it on stream and probably
1: most people skipped it. Let's be honest.
0: And no, there are some Sunshine Truthers out there, man. Uh, there, there always are. <laughs> um I probably played it for about the same amount of time I played in this on stream. Um and the number one thing that uh fucked me up uh was that it's all inverted controls. And yeah,
1: those and, that freaking camera is inverted.
0: Yeah. And and the aiming of the of Flood, uh which by the way I didn't realize was an acronym until I replayed the game here. Um <laughs> I just thought it was another stupid Nintendo name um, for something, but yeah. So I just saw the stream. I played through it. Uh, the one good thing I will say um, about about Sunshine, um, and it's the thing I say, you know, about everything, every form of entertainment that I watch or listen to. I don't mind when companies take big swings um, for trying to do something different with their with their product while trying to keep it roughly the same. I just think they really swung and missed um, with this one Um, because flood, while an interesting idea, completely negates what makes Mario Mario. In the sense that you know you can do a whole bunch of jumping around, but then you have this whole other thing that you have to think about um, while while doing it. Um, And I think they finally, if they wanted you to have like an accessory, I think they finally perfected that uh, with the hat in in Odyssey. because it integrated into the game a lot better than Flood did, um, and like I said, the inability to in um, you know change the invert controls uh, messed me up in Final Fantasy um, 16 uh, in the beginning of a couple streams as I as I couldn't figure out how to look up to talk to the uh, blacksmith, which led, led to Vince on stream um, <laughs> laughing at me uh, when I was like, "Shit, fucking sunshine." Um, as I messed up, but the, um, yeah, the one thing I'll say is, um, I am glad that they, they tried to do something interesting here. Um, it, it, I think the failure of this is what led to the safeness of, I believe new super Mario brothers was technically the next thing released before galaxy. Um, and that just felt safe, um, in, in you know, for the Wii in, in retrospect. Um, and then you know, they got on the horse again with Galaxy and figured it out. But, yeah, yeah, this this seemed like a massive miss, and I'm just uh, interested to hear your guys' opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, Sunshine is one of those games where I I never even really gave it a thought, because I didn't own a GameCube. So, Sunshine was kind of one of those things where I was like, man, that's a, weird, that's a weird game. I don't know that I'll ever play that. Little did I know, I would come to own the game, and it would be part of this podcast but it's uh it's an interesting take on mario so it's it's hard to describe (laughs) what so you're right it kind of takes away from what makes mario mario with doing doing the whole flood thing they try to introduce a new mechanic they tried to introduce a new villain because you're not this is i think this is the first mario besides the Game Boy games where you're not going after uh Bowser. Yeah. So they try they the GameCube itself was different. So they wanted to try something new and it kind of worked. It's kind of interesting, but at the same time, it can get very frustrating when you're trying to do anything with flood and it just doesn't want to go where you want it to go. So it's a cool world. I will give it that. Um, uh, I didn't mind Isle of Delfino. I mind, I minded the the all the NPCs are just pissed off at you all the time. so it doesn't make it any easier to want to continue because yeah. they're just mad the whole time. Yeah. So there's that and you know the music is still good. it's a Nintendo Mario games generally have very good music. The graphics are great. I gotta say, for a game that came out on a system that was supposedly underpowered, it really look. It still holds up pretty well. Uh, I was I was very surprised. Um, so yeah, overall, decent game, interesting idea, not executed very well. That's that's what I'll say.
2: Yeah, I agree um, with both of you. I've so basically, I had never played this game before. Um, And I've come to enjoy both cleaning simulation games and love water levels in games. So I was really excited to play this. (laughs) I had heard, yeah, I had heard a lot of people didn't like this game, but I didn't really know why. I didn't really look into it. Um, I really liked the idea of it being uh, like a cute island vacation town. And you have to go around and clean up the graffiti and the music, like Tom just said, is fun. The graphics are really nice. Um, But... (laughs) Using the water cannon flood is extremely annoying, and I think they rely far too much on that being pretty much the only way to get through the game. Um, Having to use it to navigate is really difficult, mainly because when you're using it to fly through the air, it's kind of hard to judge exactly where you're going to land. And there are a lot of levels where you have to use it to fly to a platform, and depending on the camera angles, you might not even be able to see where you're going to hit the platform. Um, the water runs out when you're on the, using it as like a jet pack. So you kind of have to like time it well also in that regard. Um, so it's, it's very annoying to, to use it like that. And you can misjudge the amount of water that you're using, even though it does show you on the screen, how much you have left. Um, if you are going through a level and you run out of water and you're in like the middle of it up on a platform somewhere you're stuck. You have to go back, jump down, go back to where there's water refill and do it all again. Um, because there are some parts where you can't, you can't do anything without the water cannon. Um, so there was another part where I was trying to land on a platform with again, using the water cannon, like a jetpack, and the camera angles actually got stuck on a boat (laughs) that was nearby. And I, you could see your silhouette when that happens but it's not helpful because you can't see anything else around you so i kept falling into the water when the jetpack water would run out and having to restart (laughs) over and over again and that is where i called it quits um aside from that like aiming the cannon itself sucks like you guys said the inverted controls we all know i hate inverted controls and it's (laughs) it's just super annoying in this game it's slow being able to just switch from the enemy to like the little one main enemy to the little ones that are coming at you is really annoying. Um, And then the character itself, I think they were trying to go for like a Navi type character because it constantly talks to you when you're supposed to be using it to do things. Like after two hours of playing, I get it. I know I need to switch and use a water cannon in this part of the level, or I I know I need to use the jetpack now. Like, thank you. But it's just like, Hey Mario, Hey Mario, or whatever it says. It's very annoying.
0: Hey, Um, listen.
2: Yeah. Hey, listen. I'll take that any day over (laughs) Flood going, hey, Mario. Um, But yeah, overall, I think the game had some potential. And like you guys said, they tried to do something really different, but fell short. Um, And the game just relies far too much on the water cannon. It doesn't work well, and the controls suck. And uh, this game kind of changes what made Mario fun and just makes it frustrating. So I did not really enjoy. It started out fine, but quickly became very frustrating for me.
0: Yeah, I'll say the last thing before we get into our scores on my end. Um, I did play this on Dolphin for stream. um, To which our good friend Jonathan, when I was complaining about the inverted controls, he's like, you know you're an emulation, you can just reverse the controls, right? (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, shut up, I want to play it the way we play, Jonathan.
2: Yep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You can also switch...
2: Switch the controls on Switch if you have that version yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he's
0: 100% correct. But in, in line with Tom, this being his, you know, we would play it on original hardware, you know, and all that stuff. Um, I was not going to mess with the controls. Um, but yeah, so Sunshine, not a great game. Um, there's a reason why there hasn't been much flood and stuff in future mario games or even references so.
1: i don't even know i couldn't even tell you another mario game where flood what exists yeah,
0: there's probably know. a smash brothers reference at some point um in there but that's just because smash brothers references everything uh but that that's probably it or a joke in paper mario that 100 percent i could see flood being a joke in paper mario like yeah, not don't... not flood itself but just like one of them going hey didn't you used to have something that could help this or you know right you know something like that um but yeah, uh, let's get to our scores. Um, I'll start. Um, I'll give this a two out of five. Um, I outside of it looking gorgeous on Dolphin, which is now wanting me to play more um, GameCube games on Dolphin. Um, I I had a didn't have a great time with it. Um, and the not being able to change inverted controls is rough, and um, yeah, it just like I said, it just it doesn't let Mario be what Mario is. Um, having the extra thing you have to worry about doesn't doesn't help the fun at all. All right, and we'll go Tom, what do you got?
1: Uh yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give it a two and a half out of five. Um it's just there's just so much stuff that could have been better in this game. Uh and there's a lot of stuff that makes it frustr frustrating and you could you can enjoy it, but it's going to take a bit to enjoy it.
0: And Jen, what do you got?
2: I also was gonna give it a two and a half out of five. Um, pretty much the same reasons. It just it had a lot of potential. Again, it looked great, it sounds great. The idea is fun, um, but it just wasn't executed well and just came across as extremely frustrating to play, which is a problem.
0: So there you have it. Um the one Mario to skip, um unless you're playing like the the dumb CD, you know, the C D I once Hotel Mario is not very great either. But that might even be better than Sunshine um so um yeah let's hope that we get something better this time (laughs) tom let's spin the wheel tom it looks like on the wheel here um we're gonna break a little bit of a rule that we had um just because we are getting to the end of your list and we're gonna have to come up with an idea of what to do (laughs) once we reach the bottom Uh, but since, um, the last two weeks haven't been so great, um, between Sonic 3 and Sunshine, you spun and got, uh, was it, um, another Mario Mario game. Yep. So, please announce to the crowd what Mario game we're playing.
1: We are playing Mario
0: Kart Double Dash for the GameCube. Nice. Another excuse to use Dolphin for me. (laughs) Um, and a game that should be fun. Um. Obviously, I don't think I can go through all the background work around to figure out a way to play it online, um, and uh, I, and it's not on Switch yet, so we can't do that. But um, I, it's it still a fun single-player game. Um, like we were discussing, um, you, it's either your favorite um, game or it is your least favorite. Um, there seems to be no middle ground when it comes to Double Dash. So. Um, <laughs> Jen, how excited are you to uh, play uh, a Mario Kart game?
2: I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I've never played Double Dash, I'm pretty sure, so it should be fun. I'm sure I'll like it.
0: Yeah, Double Dash might be my second favorite. I'm partial and not so much recently biased, but I do really like 8. Um, a whole bunch. eight's really, really good. Um, yeah, so that will be streaming on Monday. Um, we will probably... Depending on how Saturday and Sunday go, um, you know, before the stream, it may be a FF16 into Mario Kart sort of stream. Um, so uh, be on the lookout for that. But I am excited to be able to just uh, finally shut my brain off while playing a game um, and not be frustrated as I have been the last two uh, retrolette sessions. So as we as we barrel into the uh, doldrums of July and August here, before you know, Starfield and a bunch of stuff come out, uh, we hope you can join us uh, next time. Um, uh, we'll be back in two weeks here um, with some more. We'll see what scum Jen can pick off the bottom of the bucket um, in terms of news
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm here. It's but, my specialty, uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, hopefully. Hopefully there's some phasmophobia update or something. Who knows?
2: Oh, we can only hope, Mark. We can only hope.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so uh, streaming schedule. um, Like I said, the only uh, definites are uh, Monday Retro Roulette um, this evening. And Jen on Wednesday, which I am currently uh, downloading the test build uh, for Dead by Daylight. So I should be good to go to play Nick Cage um, for at least a half hour. Maybe more, depending on TC Tam. Um, and then I will be, uh, trying to stream at least two to four days, um, this week. Um, so usually, uh, Tuesday, if we don't do TC Tam, um, definitely Thursday. And then depending on how Friday, Saturday, Sunday go one or two of those days. Um, cause I do really want to finish this game uh, because I do actually want to play the Horizon DLC. Um, uh, but I just can't get away from FF 16. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, if you want to talk to us, um, like I said, we're on Twitter at uh, Game Ball Pod. We're on Threads uh, as well. Um, if you already follow us on Instagram, you can probably find us pretty easily on there. Um, and then, obviously, the Discords are open uh, in case we have any tech questions and stuff like that, especially after our segment today. Um, but, yeah, either um, through the Game Ball uh, Discord or through the Roxy Foxy um, Discord. Um, we are always available. For so... For Tom and Jen, I'm Mark, and we'll see you next time. Bye!